Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know what they should do before a penalty shootout? They should make all the penalty takers and the goalkeepers sit in the dressing room together and discuss what they're going to do. Just for the mind games. Welcome to Pint of Football, the world's drunkest football podcast, where much like Scandinavian football, we're still desperate for your attention whilst the big boys are on holiday. Tuning in to a dodgy YouTube stream of Finnish third tier action, it's Andy Baxter. Hello, good evening. And preparing to follow Vikinger Reykjavik as they begin their Champions League campaign tomorrow, it's me, Daz Napton. The Champions League on tomorrow. Yeah, it kicks off again. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. I must I knew- admit, I've quite enjoyed in previous years, because usually the, the Welsh teams and the Northern Irish teams and a couple of the Scottish teams and Irish teams get involved at the early stages. So it is quite nice to follow like Dundalk or, um, you know, Hearts or someone like that as they kick off the European campaign, we say in air quotes. Yeah, exactly. However brief it may be. And before we begin, we must let listeners know, because they'll all be wondering, they won't have heard the, the third voice of Pint of Football yet. And that is because he has been called up for some temporary work. I won't go into too much detail, because I'm not sure if he's doing it on the books or not. But he's currently out in Lebanon, working for the FA as a scout over there. So Yeah, so we wish him all the best. And um, yeah, as you say, don't say too much. You don't want him to get in trouble. He might be back next week. He might not, but yeah, as you said, Bax, as long as he's doing all right over in Lebanon. And before we start, because I always forget, we are always looking for people to email in. Our email address is pintoffootball2015 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at POF underscore reviews. Basically, in the mix, 
as the title suggests, is weird, random, obscure football stories, topics, and the weirder, the better for us, really. So drop us an email, let us know if there's anything you want to hear about. You know, you might have some interesting news about the Kazakhstan conference, or you, you might have an interview lined up with a Fijian legend. Whatever it is, we'll take it. But this time of year as well, you know, weird fixtures and things like that. Like there was um, the Peru national team. I don't know if you saw this one last week. That was the Peruvian national team played um, FC Sabadell. Mm. I think they're like a regional division team in, in Spain somewhere. The reason I know that is because some Rovers fans are quite, um, you know, sort of quite affiliated with them because they play in the same blue and white quarters, you see. So they sort of look out for their news and whatnot. And yeah, they played the Peru team in a, in a warm-up before they had their, their big game against whoever it was. It wasn't Australia, was it? Was it Australia? Oh, it was it was one of those intercontinental qualifiers, wasn't it? But they lost mm. anyway. They did lose. Yeah, yeah. Me and Tom for ages once debated if there was a counties league of football, you know, running alongside the, the Prem. So basically when the international break happens, the players who don't get called up for England can get called mm. up for their county for like counties matches. As in where you're from or where you play. Well, that was the debate. I guess it probably would be better if it was from where you were born because then there's more chance of mixing of players, whereas if it was where you play, for example, Lancaster is clearly just going to be like Man U, Man City. True, yeah. Um, I wonder who would have the best 11. I think I might be biased being from Yorkshire, but I think they'd definitely have a good 11. I was just about to say that Yorkshire would be good. South London would be good. There's a yeah. lot of players from sort of that Croydon, Crystal Palace, mm. that end of the town, aren't they? And how good are Cornwall going to be? There's not going to be many. <laughs> yeah, we're sidetracked there. We're going to go back to today's topic, which we are going for a new flavour. And hopefully it'll be something that brings up some interesting debate but it may literally just be me reading out a Wikipedia article, if not. <laughs> well, to let the listeners behind the curtain slightly, when we talked about what we were going to say, it did put me in mind of a couple of different ideas. So I did a bit of a YouTube sort of dive this afternoon and sort of got some nostalgic videos nice. and that. So that was good. So I've, I've enjoyed this one. Oh, good. Well, without further ado then, I'll introduce the, the topic, which is the history of the penalty kick. I really am in two minds about penalties. Now, I love penalties, as in a penalty to score a goal, but I hate penalty shootouts. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Well, so, I think you hate it as a method of settling a draw. Yeah. I can't remember if it was the last one, but it was definitely one of my favourite moments of watching football when I saw a golden goal happen. on. It was on TV. It was the Confederations Cup, and it was Thierry Henry in extra time. And just seeing the celebrations and the, the ecstasy of the winning goal, yeah. <clears throat> whereas I swear every single extra time I've watched since they got rid of golden goal has just been like, 
preserving energy, trying not to get injured, no shots. That England and Italy was like, oh. And I watched some of the FA Cup final recently, whenever that was on, and the extra time period in that. Because as a semi-neutral, all you're thinking is, let's just get the penalties and get it over with. And it seemed like the players were thinking that too. And it's become... I mean, I'd like to look at the stats on this. Well, I said I'd like to. I can't be bothered looking at the stats of this. But it seems teams slash managers are making goalkeeper substitutions specifically for penalties more than they used to. Or, you know, I get they bring someone on to take a penalty or whatever. But um, that seems to be happening more. But I suppose it's fine margins, isn't it? That anything that can give them a tiny percentage of an advantage or, I mean, think of it the other way. If you're scheduled to take a penalty and then you see the opposition making a sub goalie, you think, oh, Christ, this guy must be brilliant. Even if he, even if he um, isn't, the sort of psychology behind it, you're going to think, oh, why have they brought this specialist on? Yeah, that that's the thing behind it, isn't it? Basically, they've got 120 minutes to watch the game unfold, watch every player. Presumably, they'll have an iPad or whatever watching every player taking penalty kicks and, you know, all all the research and stuff you can do these days. But when it comes down to it, does it really matter? And that's, I guess, what we'll discuss right at the end once we've discussed the history. Are penalty shootouts or are penalties in general just luck? Oh, flipping heck. No, yeah. (laughs) One word answer. (laughs) No, it won't, it won't be a one-word answer, but yeah, I think I think there's definitely it's a good topic to to discuss, and depending on how much we enjoy talking about it, and depending on how much history there is to um, dig up, we might not even get through it in one guard. Fair enough. So I'm going to start with the Wikipedia article because, of course, that's where everything starts when you doing stuff doesn't it yeah and basically for those of you who don't know a penalty kick commonly known as a penalty or a spot kick is a method of restarting play in association football in which a player is allowed to take a single shot at the goal while it is defended only by the opposing team's goalkeeper sound familiar yeah yeah i think we've seen that (laughs) And well, you, you've as as a former goalkeeper, you, you've actually yeah. saved a penalty, haven't you? I've saved plenty of penalties. Yeah, I had a good um, a good record. That's one of my um, my sort of not objections to it, but sort of problem with it that I was going to discuss it later, but it, we can do it now. Um, it because they're so weighted towards the attacker, the attack that you know you score. I don't know the stats. Eighty percent of penalties, maybe. Um, it just seems that it's it's an unfair. Not all fouls in the penalty area should be penalties, because it doesn't seem the the punishment doesn't seem to fit the crime. You know, if you're going away from goal, but you just happen to be in the corner of the area, the the penalty area is packed. It's not a goal scoring opportunity, as if you were swiped out by the last defender or or the goalie's dragged you down or something like that. In that case, do you think it'd be more fair if all fouls in the box were indirect free kicks? I do like a free kick inside the area. I did it is watch, exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I did watch a, a compilation of like the countdown of the top 10 
inside the box free kicks and some of them were funny. There was one that looked like a J-League team where they had like a line of, of four players and they all ran, stepped over the ball and then the last guy ran and, and, and had a shot. And that, one, that one was good. Um, there was one that looked like it was in the Euro 96. Shearer scored it, but um, someone, I couldn't tell it was, might have been Sheringham, sort of did like a, a back heel to him. It was, he sort of feigned to shoot, but sort of rolled it with his studs back towards Shearer and it seemed unnecessarily complicated. It's just, you know, just pass it to him rather than do this weird rake of your studs. Bizarre. So here's a question then. Do you know, Baxter, how penalties came about? No. Well, let me tell you. It's a big article there, so let me just find out where it is. I thought I had a history. So, the original laws of the game in 1863 had no defined punishment for an infringement of the rules. So, basically, when football started, and obviously we know a bit about this from doing Football Strangest Stories with Wardy, Mm. that it was pretty much just do what you want, I think, wasn't it? I don't even think they had cards. I think it was just like... I don't think they had referees to begin with. Possibly not. No. You discussed that, wasn't it? Wasn't didn't they just agree it between the two teams, and then they had to come up with a neutral person for like a university game or something? Yeah, I think that was during the experiments. But yeah, but no. Oh. In in eighteen seventy two, the indirect free kick was introduced as a punishment for hand it handling the ball. So that's how it started. Basically, handball was the first thing where. Forget about fouls. They weren't bothered about people getting the legs bribed. If you handball it, that's definitely wrong. Which, you know, it it is. It definitely is wrong. But I'm not sure if breaking someone's leg is less offensive than a ball hitting you on the hand. In 1882, a law was introduced to award a goal to a team that prevented an opposition scoring with handball. I'm all for that. Yeah. All for that. One of the things I was going to mention was, um, was it 2010 World Cup when Suarez handled the ball against Ghana mm. on the line and then they missed the penalty. He got sent off lightly, but then they missed the penalty and that, you know, that isn't a fair mm. reward, you know? it's A penalty goal would be the, the way to do that because that was, he just cheated, didn't he? It wasn't like, it's just hit him when he was stretching to block the shot or something. He's just cheating. So what about the red then? Would that also happen as well? Would he get a red and the goal or would that be too harsh? I mean, well, it's Suarez, so <laughs> probably yeah. not that first. But... This is something they've recently changed, haven't they? The sort of double jeopardy thing or whatever it's called. So you don't, if it's a genuine attempt to make a tackle, you don't get, it's not an automatic sending off and a penalty. Hmm. Um, I'd have to look at the exact wording of that, but it's, um, that makes sense because you, you, you're punished twice, essentially, aren't you? Here we go, then. Here's an idea. Uh, but then again, it's still not necessarily fair. What about you give a penalty for a handball, right? If the penalty's scored, that's it, end of discussion. The goal's happened. If the penalty isn't scored, the, the offending player gets a red card. Interesting. But then would you get the goalkeepers deliberately not attempting to save the penalty so they'd remain with 11 players? Also, yeah, I guess I think that rule would only work in the first half because 
if it's in the 89th minute, you'd happily sacrifice the red, wouldn't you? Oh, and just take your chances on defending for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, that's that's a good point as well. But then that, that just adds an extra level of tactics to it and sort of, um, you know, strategy. So that that mightn't be the worst idea either. Yeah, this is this is definitely going to be a two parter. I think. I think you're right. We're still only in what is it, eighteen eighty two. The rule only lasted for one year and it was abolished. So I'm oh. guessing there was probably a lot of um, fights and kicking off as a result of it. I, I, I can see the point of it, but forget about that because then the introduction of the penalty kick would happen a few years later, and it was actually invented. In Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was 1890. William McCrum, who was a goalkeeper and businessman, which you can already imagine the shady character turning up to, to one of these FA meetings. Briefcase, opens it up, it's just his goalie gloves. It's his gloves, yeah. <laughs> I also like the very vague that he was a businessman. You know, yeah. it could be anything. Just this Irish businessman slash goalkeeper turned up and presented to the FA, the Irish FA, that penalties would be a better way of settling fouls in and around the box. Mm. Um, and when it was introduced, they also introduced a 12-yard line. Okay. It was just a line that went all the way across rather than a penalty box. That's interesting. So that's, that's like a rugby marking then, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I've got a little picture here. It does look like, um, yeah, it does look very similar. But apparently, there was two incidents which happened around the same time, which basically led to them saying, "Yeah, we've got to try it out." The first one was twentieth of December, eighteen ninety. It was a Scottish Cup quarter final between East Stirlingshire and Hearts. Jimmy Adams fisted the ball from under the bar. <laughs> Which, <laughs> forgive the description, but... Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're still on handball then, so that's, uh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, so if we were in that experimental year, we would have had a goal, a penalty goal, but I suppose now the case is that a free kick isn't sufficient, so it should be a penalty. The a few months later, eighteen ninety one, a blatant goal line handball was was from a Notts County player in the FA Cup quarter final against Stoke, and I think the fact they were both quarter finals of cups, and obviously back then the cups were as if not more important than leagues, weren't they? Really, they were the the be all and end all. The cup, the FA Cup, and the probably the Scottish FA Cup was probably the same, and because they happened in quarter finals. And basically, there was no punishment for such big decisions. It obviously added a lot of added a lot of weight to the argument. Yeah. After a final debate, well, sorry, there was a lot of debate. It got to the end of the eighteen ninety to ninety one season, and this was the first penalty kick law, which I'm just going to read out. If any player shall intentionally trip or hold an opposing player or deliberately handle the ball within 12 yards, 11 metres, from his own goal line, the referee shall, on appeal, award the opposing side a penalty kick to be taken from any point 12 yards 
11 meters from the goal line. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Two bits jump out there. Obviously, any place you want. So you can, you know, if you fancy having it slightly over to one side because you've got a, a good taker with his left foot. Yeah. Do that. But the other thing was on appeal. So they have to ask for it. I mean, Christ, it's the opposite now with VAR, isn't it? Like, basically, there's no point appealing. Yeah, that's it. So we we have really gone from one extreme to the other. And I guess it goes back to as well, we've read from the book that quite a lot of players back in the day, and obviously it was like the, the sort of sportsmanship of the game, it wasn't in people's nature to claim fouls and dive and you know all the stuff that we get in modern football so it's quite interesting the fact that they had to appeal for it because in some ways you would probably be seen lesser by your own team for for appealing yeah it's, it's not the gentlemanly thing to do sort of yeah mm. throw your arms up and say how's that because i don't think it's in this article but i remember reading about it when we were doing um doing wardy stuff the first time that penalties were introduced into non-league because they only got introduced at the top level to start when they got introduced to non-league non-league players were just so against it because they were like you know it's not part of football you know it encourages people to be not diving but trying to cheat essentially and Mm. I think the first ever penalty that was given the, the 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 player literally just booted it into the stands. He was like, "I'm not having that." You know, he's like, "I'm not, you know, not scoring a goal in that I way. It's, it's not right." So it clearly is for such a simple thing, which is a ball on a spot being booted into a goal. There's clearly a lot that's happened to to get to that point. Yeah, you don't consider it really. You're right for them to sort of object to taking it and just sort of, no, I'm going to kick it into the stand. And it wasn't even because he thought it was the wrong decision, as in it wasn't a foul or whatever. He just fundamentally agreed with a penalty existing. Yeah. Right? I love it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a scenario then. You're playing in non-league, Baxter, in 1891. You're yeah. um, you're the main striker for um, Bootle. <laughs> Bootle? <laughs> you're the main striker for Bootle. It's the FA Vars final. The team absolutely hate this idea of penalties. It's unsportsmanly. It's not right. It's not fair. It shouldn't be. 89th minute, it's nil-nil. Your team wins a penalty. 
and you step up to take it, are you going to score it? Are you going to try and score it and be the hero? Or are you going to try and score it, try to be the hero, but at the same time become the villain with your, within your own mates? That's when the mentality switched from it being a gentlemanly pursuit to win at all costs, isn't it? Mm. And, you know, I suppose it's no different from appealing for a throw-in when you know that it hit you on the way out and things like that. It's just a sort of natural extension of that. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I suppose you like to think you'd say, no, I'm not interested in that and just sort of roll it back to the goalie. But equally, last minute of the cup final, no one's going to remember how it went. You're going to be the one with the medal at the end of your career, aren't you? I think that's the answer. Even if you get the stick off the teammates for, for a few days or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure social media was as big back then, so you probably wouldn't get much grief off the fans. From the corner of your eye as you step up, you'd see the chairman in his tuxedo and his, his hat, his flat cap, with his two-pound note holding it up, winking at you. And that, that'd <laughs> be enough. That'd be enough, wouldn't it? Is that your bonus, is it, or is he is he bribing you? Well, <laughs> I oh. I think I think it's a bonus. Yeah. For scoring the winning goal. Two pounds. Big money back then. Yeah. Fine. So you would you'd bang it in. I think I'd have a word. I don't actually think I've ever taken a penalty in a proper match. I've not. I've not. So we're, we're possibly the wrong people to be examining <laughs> whether penalties are any good or not. So yeah, that was the first part of the rule. The, there are conditions, and this is okay. the, these are the conditions, which is where it gets a bit obscure, but stay with it. All players, with the exception of the player taking the penalty and the opposing goalkeeper, and then in brackets, who shall not advance more than six yards from the goal line, shall stand at least six yards behind the ball. The ball shall be in play when the kick is taken and a goal may be scored from the penalty kick. So the goalkeeper can move. That's interesting, isn't it? So the goalkeeper can start from six yards out, the penalty is on the line, and then all the other players have to be six yards behind. Further away, yeah. But also you don't have to, as the penalty taker, shoot straight away. You can pass it. You can just do what you want. You can dribble. You can do anything. Oh, you can dribble? You, yeah. Oh, I missed that. I so thought you, it was saying you didn't... You could have a shot if you chose to, but I suppose the other side of that is you don't have to, yeah. Interesting. Ref blows the whistle, and I guess what most players would have done is either booted it or took a touch to try and get it into a better position. And then as the goalkeeper starts to run out, chip it, boot it, pass it, whatever, into the goal. Seems seems a bit long-winded, really. Do you remember back in the day, in the 90s, in the MLS, where they used to have the similar thing, but from the halfway line? It was one of the videos I was watching before, and it was great. It was, you know, it wasn't a full shootout, so I don't know how it happened in the end, but... Um, a lot of the players were, were going and then sort of dinking it over the goalie as they came out, or trying to place it past them. One guy sort of from the halfway sort of did this weird little chip and then had to chase after it because he'd done this weird chip and he had to sort of hit it on the half volley. 
because he'd made life so difficult for himself. He scored, but yeah. you know, he definitely made heavy weather of it. Yeah. And then, um, goalkeepers as well, and they had to take one against each other. It was uh, mm. the goalies both missed, unfortunately, but it was um, it was good. I like it. I think they should bring them back in some way. I can't quite figure out how. Maybe for like the charity shield or something. <laughs> yeah, fuck the charity shield. I can they can have that. One of the ones no one cares about, just to liven it up. I actually do like the idea, and I think I'd be more comfortable doing that than I would just booting it. Mm. Because I think, I think if I was playing and I was running and I had the ball in my feet, I'd have the opportunity to get the ball into a position I wanted, or hope that the goalkeeper runs out so that I've got a bit more of a chance. But yeah, an opportunity might present itself. You might spot a gap or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was basically the rule. And then some notable differences between the original law and today's penalty kicks are listed below. It was awarded only after an appeal is obviously the big one, which we've already discussed. The goalkeeper was allowed to move forward. The ball could be kicked in any direction. That's probably one that is, is of some interest. I mean, I don't know why you choose to go backwards. <laughs> Hoof it off to the sides. <laughs> Seems a bit odd, but yeah, okay. I didn't even know that wasn't a rule now. I didn't know you weren't allowed to kick it backwards because why would you? Yeah, Someone must have done it and then they've gone, no, you're mm. not having it. Obviously, subsequent developments we'll, we'll go through soon, but the world's first penalty kick was awarded to Airdrieonians in Scotland in 1891. And the first penalty kick in the Football League was awarded to Wolves in their match against Accrington at Molyneux in 1891. The penalty was taken and scored by Billy Heath as Wolves went on to win 5-0. So, Convincing. Yeah, good. I like it. The first penalty was scored, which... It's quite a good one for a quiz question, I think. And the guy, Billy Heath, who scored it was from Bristol. So there you go. Well, there you go. He represents yeah. the West Country in the in the in our new tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, he's the world's oldest man and he's gonna come out of retirement for our fictional counties <laughs> football league. Like Masters football. That's yeah. coming back, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Nice. And if Billy Heath at 160 will make an appearance for who is he famous for playing for? Woolwich Arsenal. Oh. Then Wolves before that. So yeah, that's um quite a I think that's that's probably quite a good point to leave it at for now, I think. We've Yeah, we've... I think that's it's a good start. And we can talk about sort of modern developments and, and other ideas um and opinions about penalties in general, which I'll save. <laughs> yeah leave it on a high note there was penalties invented because everyone was just handballing it the first ever penalty was scored and the rest we'll find out about very soon I did look up when we were talking about um, specialist goalkeepers for penalty shootouts you know there's been a couple recently you've seen on, on the Nottingham Forest goalkeeper was one that springs to mind um, he had the, the, the instructions on his bottle to see which uh, way which way he's going to kick it and stuff like that and it happened in the Australia match as well that was it was Peru Australia because 
the goalie threw the bottle into the stand, didn't he? That goalkeeper is, is the greatest character I've ever seen in football. He he was doing like break dancing on the line to put the player off. He threw his opposition goalkeeper's water bottle into the crowd so he couldn't see the tactics. Oh, it's beautiful. And he was he was a sub on just for the penalties as well. So he'd literally been building up for that moment. It's, it's, it's incredible. But anyway, yeah. I, I knew a half knew of the story of do you remember Jens Lehmann used to play for Arsenal and a few mm-hmm. others? He um had a note tucked into his sock. It wasn't stuck to his bottle. He had a, a note. And after every, or before every penalty, whoever they were playing, he'd get it out, look at it, put it in. And it worked. He saved two of the penalties and they went on to win the game. Now, the story I heard was after the game, when he got the note out, it was blank. It was just a piece of paper. But I can't find any proof of that on the internet. There is, he did sell a note which raised a lot of money for charity that he'd used, but I guess it wasn't the same game. But then I don't know if that story was actually true or not, because I'd love it to be true that it was just, you know, the fellas coming up to take a penalty and he thinks, well, he's just read where I'm going to kick this, I'm going to kick it a different way, and you get inside your own head, then, don't you? Yeah, that's that's really... I'm a big fan of that sort of thing, but mm. I know, um, it's very, as you know, it's very rare I watch any mainstream Premier League football but mm. I swear every time I've watched match of the day in the last five years every single match Tim Krull saves a penalty for Norwich or, or before that Newcastle he seems to be outstanding at penalty saves I mean they always still lose about 6-0 but yeah, you know at least he does that he gets mm. um, yeah I suppose then that, that that's it becomes a thing then you get known as being good at it and didn't he didn't they sub him on for Holland? Is he Dutch? Sub him on yeah. for wherever he's from in the, in the, in, a, in a game for that exact reason because he's sort of known yeah. for it. Yeah, it is interesting. I do like it. You've probably seen when you get players playing in the national team, and if there's a penalty, sometimes the striker will play for the same nation, the same club as the opponents. I think it happened with like Neymar and might have been messy or someone and basically what happened was the the striker who was taking the penalty was stood there and then behind was one of his teammates and opponents telling the goalkeeper which way he was going to go now as a goalkeeper would you appreciate that or would you rather him not get involved in case he goes the opposite way and then you blame him for not saving it? Personally, I make my own I'd like to make my own decision and you know you can read a player's approach and run up and things like that and you know a right footed player tends to hit it to the goalkeeper's right so their left they tend to sort of drag it and come across the ball rather than open your body up and hit it the opposite way because yeah. if they do that, it's very telegraphed and you can, you can say it that way. Um, equally, if you change your mind because someone else has told you what they think, then you're annoyed anyway because they oh, I wouldn't have gone that way. I wasn't going to do that. I was going to go this way. So I suppose you can't win, can you? Do you always What's dive the... one way or the other? I tend to dive to me right, yeah. So if I went down the middle, would I pretty much always score against you? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's sensible to to dive for a penalty because if you wait, you're just not quick enough to get to get there. 
Mm. If ever I face you in penalties now, then go to the left. Well, the thing is now, do I think, well, you know what I'm <laughs> or do I go to my left? It's, 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 all, it's all a big mind game. Do you know what they should do before a penalty shootout? They should make all the penalty takers and the goalkeepers sit in the dressing room together and discuss what they're going to do in front of each other, just for the mind yeah. games. That would be good. As long as it's mic'd up and we can all see it. I think that'd be great. The mind games would be purely on display. Right. To, to finish this one off then, I've got 10 points which www.innerdrive.co.uk has suggested are the psychology of the perfect penalty. So we won't dwell on them. I'm just going to read them out and... Go on, make it quick. True or bollocks is the, is the, the answer I'm looking for. Number one, choose to shoot first. The science backs that up. About, I think it's about like 75% of the team that goes first win. Number two, <laughs> reduce your stress levels. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll go on that one. <laughs> Number three. I mean, by, by any means necessary, you have, to have like a little drink or something on the side of the pitch. Yeah, have a quick nap. Number three, yeah. don't dwell on the goalkeeper. <sighs> no. I think you've got to take him into account, like the dancing goalie from Australia. You've got to think about it. Number four, don't turn your back on the goal before you run up. And was it Stuart Pearce used to do that? He used to turn around and walk away quite deliberately and then turn and sort of run. Mm. Yeah, I do remember that. Number five, pause for a second after the referee's whistle before you take your penalty. A bit of extra composure. That goes at reducing your stress levels. Yeah, I love that one. Number six, pick a spot and don't change your mind. No. I mean, yes, yeah, I suppose, yeah. But equally, if you see the goalkeeper sort of gesturing one way or you think at the last second, I don't know, this, this is sort of like those silly run-ups they do nowadays anyway. They sort of stop and stutter and all that crap. That's what we can get rid of. Number seven, aim at one of the top corners of the goal. Harder to get to, yeah. Number eight, and I don't really see why this is relevant, but I'm definitely going along with it. Number eight, <laughs> celebrate if you score. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was that going to do? Number nine and number ten are for goalkeepers, so you'll definitely be able to tell me if these are any good. Okay. N- number nine, for a goalkeeper, wear red. I think they did do a study about wearing brighter colours because then we got the sort of spate of teams with like fluorescent goalie kits and stuff. I think it makes it look bigger in the strikers when a striker sort of like glances at you. I don't know. Probably all rubbish, isn't it? And number 10, which I know you disagree with, mm. don't dive, stay in the centre. No, dive. You're not quick enough to get to the corners, dive. Well, thanks to Inner Drive for, for that insight. I think overall... There's some good points to consider there for taking the perfect penalty. Might go and practice in the garden at some point. Right, go on then. We must finish okay. up. Give us your dad joke. I love ruining the plot of Dorian Gray for people. Never gets old.
Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.